2: Hey guys, it's Danny. So, we love bringing you this weekly true crime content, but because it's so sensitive, we definitely need your help in order to keep our show running. So, we have something super exciting to announce. We have a Patreon coming. It's actually dropping today. I'm so excited about it. So we definitely need your support in this. If you do love listening to us weekly, we unfortunately can't continue the show if we don't have this kind of take off. So I definitely would encourage you, if you like listening to us weekly, if you want to hear more from us, please support us in this because this is our baby. We really love this show and we really love bringing you episodes and more awareness around certain true crimes. And we have so many exciting things for you in our Patreon too. So this is just the initial few things that we have thought about, but we have so much more planned that's coming. But early right now, we're going to be dropping episodes audio as of Mondays. And they're ad-free. Ad-free and two days earlier. So that's great. Um, on Thursdays, we'll be doing a QA and a live stream. So we get to talk about the episode, what we thought about it. You guys can tell us always in the comments. You guys are telling us things that we didn't even know about these true crimes. So we can have we a whole always long discussion.
3: Yeah, I was gonna say we always have so many additional thoughts too after the fact, just after reading your comments. We're like, wait, yeah, we and we want to look into that with you. So
2: yeah. Um, and On Fridays, we'll be dropping additional content, like backstage content or blooper reels of the two of us and what we come up with during the shows that we can't always show you guys. It's not enough time always. And I think that's what's great about
3: Patreon is it gives us that additional interaction with you all. And we're so excited to be part
2: of it with you. Yeah. The interaction and the freedom to have more of a community as well, because we kind of have that I find on YouTube, but I kind of want to branch it out more. Trigger warning, the following episode contains descriptions of graphic violence and adult language. Viewer discretion is advised. I'm Danielle. I'm Max. And each Wednesday, we crack open a bottle of wine and dive in to some thrills, chills, and spills. This is Innocent Till Tipsy. So it has been almost a year since film star Alec Baldwin fatally shot 42-year-old cinematographer Helena Hutchins with a gun that was meant to be used as a prop. I can't believe it's been a year. I know. (laughs) It was almost over, so, like, we've still got a couple months, but it's wild to me. I remember calling my mom and being like, Alec Baldwin killed someone. Like, I can't believe this.
3: I remember seeing it on TV and being like, like, trying to read, being like, what? Like, in a movie or, like, Yeah, yeah, it was so
2: strange. Wow, and i hate that a lot of news sources keep calling it a prop gun it wasn't a prop gun from looking into this it was a real actual gun on this set like by a prop do they just mean it's at a movie like yeah it's, like a it's real supposed gun. to be used as a prop or like right obvious. yeah clearly so it's, real. It's, a, mm-hmm, it's a proper revolver we'll get into the specifics on that as we go um and it also injured the director joel souza which i feel like that's not really touched on at all it's mostly just that yeah. lana passed away um This was on the set of the movie Rust, which is a movie I didn't know this about this movie at all. Rust is actually the character that Alec Baldwin plays in the movie that this has been put obviously on hold. Um, I don't know if they'll ever finish it, Um, but it was a low-budget Western with an aging cowboy on the run with his 13-year-old grandson. Um, Obviously, at the time this made worldwide news, uh, there's still an ongoing investigation into what exactly happened, how a live round made it onto the movie set, because it wasn't like the killing of um, Brandon Lee, you know, in 1993, where something was like wedged in that gun and it it shot off. Wrong. Yeah, it was a live round, which is illegal to have on movie sets. Uh, Trying to piece the story together has been a headache because it's still (laughs) ongoing. So like every news source I looked at, it was like, here's what we know now. And it's like all these pieces of a moving, ever moving, ever evolving story. But as of right now, (laughs) Tuesday, August 30th, (laughs) I've tried to compile it so that we can understand what is going on with the story and what we know about it now? Um, obviously, there's been a lot of discourse concerning the impact of this event. Safety concerns about how notoriously dangerous Hollywood sets are have come back to the surface. Um, it's also turned into a political debate, which I think is interesting around gun laws in our country, uh-huh. mm-hmm. yeah. especially since Alec Baldwin is a super loud liberal who has been so avid in support of gun control across our country a lot of people have clinged on to that and been like yeah but you shot someone you know on a set crazy tweets have resurfaced from 2017 where he said i wonder how it must feel to wrongfully kill someone dot 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 and he had i know a link to a news article of a police officer who'd fatally shot a suspect outside of a 7-eleven and it feels like for a while, everyone and their dog had an opinion of what Alec should have done and, and what the process would have been. And it really kind of ignored the fact that a set is a working – a movie set has a lot of components to it. And Alec Baldwin, maybe not who we're supposed to be focusing on. Um, yeah. yeah, I,
3: I've, like, briefly read some of the news articles um that you shared
2: and I'm so excited to discuss this today because there's so many different angles to this I think someone should be held criminally responsible for this, and I don't think it's Alec Baldwin personally. After looking at this, Um, I think Alec should be held responsible for civil suits, which he also believes he should be held responsible for. There was Um, a death. Yep, there was a death. um, But I think someone needs to be held criminally responsible, and we'll touch on um, who that someone I believe is. Um, Also, you mentioned it's illegal for them to have live rounds on uh, a
3: movie set, so uh, that's like if someone were to get hurt when there's something
2: that's more than negligence. It's something illegal happened first. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, So just touching on how everybody had an opinion on this when it first happened. And we had little to no information about what actually happened on the set. George Clooney called the accidental shooting, quote unquote, insane, infuriating, um, talking about obviously the safety and how Alex should have personally checked the gun himself. So former President Trump had something to say on this too, which I thought was funny because if you remember, yeah, well, Alex, was doing that um SNL. You remember he was playing Donald yeah. Trump during the election and everything, right? So right. I just thought it was funny. I wanted to put his quote in. Um, so he's a troubled guy. There's something wrong with him. I've watched him for years. He gets into fist fights with reporters. He's a cuckoo bird. He's a nut job. And usually when there's somebody like that, you know, in my opinion, he had something to do with it. But if nothing else, how do you take a gun and just Whether it's loaded or not, how do you take a gun, point it at somebody that's not even in the movie, and just point it at this person, pull the trigger, and now she's dead? It's weird. Who would take a gun and point it at the cinematographer and pull the trigger? And she's dead? As bad as it may be, may have been kept, meaning, you know, people take care of the equipment and the guns and everything else. But even if it was loaded, that's a weird thing. Maybe he loaded it. There's something wrong with him. He's a sick guy. I mean, I've seen him for years because he did, I thought, a poor job in imitating me.
3: (laughs) That's, um, I like how you read it because that's basically (laughs) how it probably sounded in real life. Oh, my.
2: There's so much there, too. like. Well, he didn't know, yeah. obviously, from me. might be a little salty this. about being imitated. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> obviously, from look- me looking into this, he knew nothing about what happened on that set of day. And I feel like a lot of us didn't. I right. didn't. It was actually your suggestion for us to look into this case. I had no concept of any of this.
3: Because I wanted um, you to research it so I could figure out what's
2: going on. <laughs> what the hell is going on? <laughs> yeah, going I didn't on. know. <laughs> um, and I feel like With this, I don't think it's a question of politics. I kind of side with George Clooney on the safety concerns in this. Um, I feel like trusting Alec. Well, Alec trusted a crew member who called the gun a cold gun. That it was a cold gun, meaning there was no charge in it. Meaning it was just dummy rounds, which have nothing inside them. um, And not a charge. Because there's dummies and blanks. Blanks have a charge, apparently, to them with that little spark. But... Why was Alec handling a firearm if he was not taught to handle it safely? Like that's another thing. And I think we'll dive into a little bit of what he knew about guns and, and what he told police he knew about guns because it was it seems like it's basically nothing. And that that's a concern if you're handling a weapon on the set whether it has blanks or not. And then I think what also really rubbed people the wrong way about this and why Alec received a lot of criticism concerning this, he went on like the defensive press tour very shortly mm-hmm. after right this. after hmm. And I think what we need to remember as a public is Alec Baldwin most likely has a huge team of people around him. So I'm not sure how much of that was his insight into what was going on to like his people being like, you need to get out there you need to face this. You've got to do X, Y, and Z. You know what I mean? In order to cover your ass. Get kind ahead of thing of this. This. Yeah. Yeah. So the shooting happened on October 21st, 2020. This was a Thursday afternoon. And by Friday morning, he had tweeted his initial statement. It said, there are no words to convey my shock and sadness regarding this tragic accident that took the life of Helena Hutchins, a wife, a mother, and a deeply admired colleague of ours. I'm fully cooperating with the police investigation to address how this tragedy occurred, and I am in touch with her husband, offering my support to him and his family. My heart is broken for her husband, their son, and all who knew and loved Helena. But then, just less than two months after the shooting, Alec did a very controversial interview with ABC News that's actually available now on Hulu. If anyone wants to watch it, I watched it in full. Um, It's almost an hour long and he detailed the event and this i think was risky as it's an ongoing investigation no criminal charges have been filed yet but i feel like your legal team should have been like maybe we slow Ah, our roll here talking about it yet yeah yeah did the
3: interview then
2: yeah mm -hmm. according to the interview alex said in it that he had met with helena's husband and their son and had dinner with them which i also thought i don't i don't know i don't know i I don't know. Wanna I be, guess you wouldn't want to be
3: besties, just would want an no. apology for your role
2: in something. Yeah. And at one point during the interview with ABC News, he says, quote, someone is responsible for what happened. And I can't say who that is, but it's not me. If I thought I was responsible, I might have killed myself. I thought that was a bold statement to make. And, of course, this was misquoted all across um, the media. They kept just using. They they left out the thought that he might kill himself and they just kept posting that it wasn't him Alec Baldwin not taking responsibility you know yada 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 yeah because the other sent the rest of it implies that he would feel so guilty horrible yet intentionally been Mm part yeah And I thought during the interview, while I may not agree with the timing of it or that he should have divulged as much as he did, I did think he was very um, respectful of not throwing anyone under the bus. And we'll see somebody keeps continually throwing people under the bus Mm -hmm. in this. And I think it's the person that's responsible for this entire thing. But anyways, um, Helena's husband actually responded to this interview and he said, watching him, I just felt so angry. I was just so angry to see him, Alec, talk about her death so publicly in such a detailed way, and then to not accept any responsibility after just describing killing her. The idea that the person holding the gun, causing it to discharge, is not responsible is absurd to me. Almost sounds like he was the victim. And hearing him blame Helena in the interview and shift responsibility to others and seeing him cry about it, I just feel, are we supposed to feel bad about you, Mr. Baldwin? of course, legally. I can I'm see both thinking- sides because of, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, sorry. if
3: this were not um, a celebrity or a, like, lawyer, l- lawyers on top of lawyers situation, like, I can see why her husband would be like, you had a part in this. Now, you, you weren't not there. Like, you should yeah. be sorry for something, but
4: and then legally, I can, also see I can understand legally. by being like saying
2: like, don't say you're, you're <laughs> responsible for anything. And don't say sorry about anything because once then you you'll be sorry, responsible, yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So I can see the legality, but I can also uh, totally understand the anger of being like, what the hell, man? Like yeah, you just got on like, and yeah. um, um So and then beyond why out like beyond another like discourse of why Alec has been so outspoken about this there was a lot released by the Santa Fe Sheriff's department too which was also pretty controversial so a lot of things have come out the police cam footage from like immediately yeah. afterwards to police interviews you can watch full police interviews from this and we're going to link some of them below because i watched at least i watched four of them for this and um they are wild <laughs> like i watched part of them yes Absolutely wild. Um, and without lawyers, like nobody's getting a fucking lawyer. Oh, if you ever please yeah, Yeah. get a lawyer. Um, a lot of speculation was released after this. Like, could it have been a disgruntled employee that actually like left a live round on set and a forest stunt gun in order to cause something like this to happen because there was a lot of financial stressors on the set, it was an independent film. A lot of safety things were left out. We're going to go through a resignation letter from one of the staff members from just a day before that is so yeah. telling about the safety, the lack of safety on this set.
1: What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have or the friends you find along the way? <laughs> Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But You'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: But before we dive into all of this and so much more, let's <laughs> talk about the wine that we have today. Get out some wine. Oh my gosh. So I'm so
3: excited for this one because yes, we've done Rose's summer's ending, um, but this is up my alley. This is Maxville. <laughs> so excited. So funny. <laughs> um, and fittingly. And we have the same wine. So we finally get to drink the same thing. Thanks to our friends at naked wine. Of course. Mm-hmm. Um, Let me tell you a little bit about it before we try it. Um, let's see. So it's by, um, the winemakers Camille Benetta. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Um, and so, what's cool again about Naked Wines is they do like interviews, and they have uh, a little bit about the winemaker on their site. Um, this wine too is normally like fifty-seven dollars ish. Holy through, Hannah! Yeah. Um, <laughs> and what a steal! Like through um, Naked Wines, it's twenty. It's thirty dollars. Twenty-nine. Hey. Yeah. So you're saving like twenty-seven dollars on Half this off. bottle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely. Um, and so I'm so excited because again, it's the dark fruit flavors, raspberry, plum, velvety finish, um, velvety texture, and smooth finish. Um, so let's give it a try. Yeah, this seems like it's going to be exactly what I'm looking for. And it's called I Maxville, mean- so
2: have oh, to like matches. This. Oh, I think there's sediment in this one, Max. <laughs> the look
3: on your face <laughs> no, I was like I don't want to chew my wine
2: <laughs> You're I was like, literally look-
3: talking about that this weekend I, was I like, don't I mind as long oh, as you, long as, you, you can- as long as someone else has the last glass I don't want to <laughs> chew it
2: <laughs> you can see collecting that's exciting okay
3: <laughs> all right oh I can mm-hmm. smell it I brought my brought back good. my aerator so I was like ready for this cheers
2: Cheers. glass yeah my sam glass i started to put my halloween decorations up this week and i'm so excited
3: i like it oh that's really good it's not like overpower it's not like overpowering Mm -mm. powerful powering overpowering it's really good might
2: be my favorite you could drink i think
3: this is my happy medium like you could drink this to drink this or you could drink this with food Mm-hmm. There's certain wines that are so bold. I'm like, ugh, like how could was, you eat anything? You wouldn't be able to taste anything if you drink that with food. But yeah. like, I would have this with food, like pizza, or yeah. Oh, I, I think I read, yeah, like tomato-based food. They said so. I guess that's why I'm like craving pizza. Mm-hmm. Um, or you could just drink this. At drink this. I like this a lot. All right, naked wines for the win. Oh, again,
2: they just <laughs> again. keep knocking it out of the park. They do. Oh my God. I don't think, yeah, I haven't had one yet. I haven't liked the one last week. I just, True. I wish I had food with, like that was more of my right. like a foodie wine. But yeah, there hasn't been one.
3: And fair yeah. enough. Cause it was like a morning drink. So, mm-hmm. yeah, All right. I really like this. I would buy this full price, but, uh, I would actually buy this through naked wines at half price.
2: <laughs> Amazing. So for as prevalent as Alec Baldwin's name feels, cause I feel like. I don't know. It's just, <laughs> you know, immediately who Alec Baldwin is. But I felt okay. So I watched a YouTube video on wh- what the fuck happened to Alec Baldwin. Literally is like WTF happened to Alec Baldwin. And there was a comment, and I was like, this actually resonates so much. So I wanted to read it to you and see what your thoughts are on it. Although you probably kind of, you already like looked. I this feel text, the so same about
3: this though. I'm like, right? I know so, him, but from right? what?
2: Exactly. So he's like, I used to have fun asking people these two questions. One, is Alec Baldwin an A list actor? like what would you say usually <laughs> yeah you'd like yeah yeah of course yeah Isn't he's like most, people, yeah, he's just, no most one? people say yeah um name a movie where alec baldwin is the main character none none come to
3: mind <laughs> i think when i think of him i think of commercials like capital one or something i feel like because really? he's not in capital one yeah but i just think of him as on tv not like yeah. movies for me
2: i think of him from fun with dick and jane i don't know if you ever saw that with jim carrey yeah chopped her head clean off boy (laughs) like my granddaddy always used to say but Um, he's not the lead no he's not he's the he's the weird boss that they end up like stealing money from or whatever (laughs) Um, and he's so strange um so so the commenter says this stump them they usually um said and then took back beetlejuice And then they always come to the shadow. This really illustrates why everyone knows Alec Baldwin, but struggles to name his movies. He is the world's most famous supporting actor, which I really enjoyed. Yeah.
3: "Yeah." Mm -hmm. What movies has he been in?
2: That's it. It's like, I don't know. It's weird. Weird to think of. So I feel like concerning everything having to do with the shooting, it's all focused on Alec, though. So I really wanted to take a minute and talk about Helena, um, especially before we dive into her death. Let's talk about who she was in life. So at the time of her death, Helena Hutchins could be described as a rock star cinematographer and a rising star in the industry. She was a very talented woman in a male-dominated industry. She She was loved by everyone that she worked with, and she was admired by those who worked for her. She was actually born in 1979 in Ukraine, which surprised oh. me. I know. Um, her father served in the Soviet Navy and she called herself an army brat. My mom actually was an army brat too. It's just like this, like, uh, Where you, like move around and yeah, yeah. yeah. Subculture of army. children. Yeah. That are following their parents around the world. Um They traveled a lot um, and she saw her parents through active duty and everything else. So it was actually while she was on a military base that she became interested in the film industry and she changed her study from economics to journalism. She graduated from Kiev national university with a degree in international journalism and her degrees really like, they're so impressive. This woman really studied her field. So she then went on to work in Eastern Europe as an investigative journalist Then she moved to London to work on documentary films, and then later moved to L.A., graduating from the American Film Institute in 2015. In 2019, she was named a rising star by American Cinematographer Magazine, and she won awards for her work. Now, while in the U.S., she met her husband, Matthew, who we were talking about earlier, and they had their son, Andros. Andros was nine when his mom passed. Hmm. Um, I know. And while living in the United States, she maintained her Ukrainian citizenship. Citizenship. I can't talk today, guys. I'm sorry. Um, and she was proud of her heritage. She visited home often. But what really hit me about Alex's interview for ABC when I watched it, I actually cried over this like statement. He talked about how much his kids love him and when he's home with his kids, they, you know, they have such a great time. He obviously has Ireland, which there was that controversy years ago about Ireland and him screaming her out when she was only like 11 years old. I don't know if you remember that. Uh-uh.
3: Oh, oh <laughs> yes. Uh, the, voicemail. Phone call. The, the voicemail. The voicemail. The infamous yes. voicemail.
2: He calls her oh, like okay, a spoiled yeah. little pig and all because she won't answer the phone. It sounds like a... a a t- uh, narcissist like parent. a brat yep. yeah, yeah, yeah yeah that's what it sounds yeah. like um but he t- he talks in the interview he's like you know my kids um their world because he has a lot of young children now with his um wife and but he says but when his wife comes home he disappears and his children that's everything and and he said he was so devastated that he robbed you know a son of his mother um so the night before helena and joel were shot nearly the entire camera crew of Russ walked off the set I know. So there was a resignation letter that was left from Lane Looper, who was a camera assistant on the film, and he cited concerns about the lax COVID policies, the housing situation that they had, because every night the crew had to drive to and from Albuquerque, and they were driving several hours to where their housing situation was, instead of nearby. Day, yeah, yeah, because they would really ask nine. Mm-hmm. they'd film between 12 to 13 hours and then they'd have to drive hours. So they were afraid they're going to fall asleep at the wheel or something yeah. cause an accident. That was what, mm-hmm. and this was filming in the middle of nowhere, right? They're in like, yeah. the desert. Yeah. Yeah. So they're, they're at like- the Bonanza Bonanza farm. Like that's like very famous, like um the Bonanza filming area or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but it's, they still have, yeah, a long drive home
3: and it's kind of rural and dark and yeah. Dangerous. Yeah. I mean, if you have been work up all day,
2: yeah. And then he specifically mentioned gun safety on the set, which I thought was interesting. did so in his resignation. Yes. So this is an excerpt from the letter. He says during the filming of gunfights on this job, things have often played very fast and loose. So far there have been two accidental weapons discharges. Oh my god. Yeah. And one SFX explosion has gone off in my 10 years as a camera assistant. I've never worked on a show that cares so little for the safety of its crew.
3: It's an accident waiting to happen. Yeah. That's uh, That is so preventable. I mean, like one mishap, I don't know because I'm not in the industry, but like you see, it seems like in any workplace, like one mishap, people are like, whoa, we can't let this happen again. Like wake up call. But yeah. to have three already. Mm-hmm. And they were only filming like a really short time. Right. Like it's like a three week film timeline, yeah, 21 days, 21, 21 days. days to filming. Film it, and so mm-hmm. they were only like two weeks in.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Where like some films take months, mm-hmm. years, so, I don't know, but mm-hmm. like, yeah, I feel like because their budget was small because a lot of people think, well, Alec Baldwin's in it so it's that higher price thing, but Alec was actually filming it with his friend Joel and so this was actually an independent film. Alec was also a producer on this so he wasn't just an actor, just to let that be known and it wasn't um, necessarily like hugely funded, this movie. So I feel like they were cutting a lot of corners to make this film work and I feel like the armor that they hired was a huge corner they cut, Um, but we'll talk about that but the Rust producers actually responded to these allegations, of course, after the incident happened. But the resignation letter was given before the incident happened. I think that's just telling.
4: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: it says, Mr. Looper's allegations around the budget and safety are patently false, which is not surprising considering his job was to be a camera operator. The sass there.
3: Yeah. They're and like, he- well, he knows nothing because he just operates the camera. Um, The man's been on the scene for 10 years. I bet he can, like, tell when something's not going Like up the snuff.
2: Yeah. And he had absolutely nothing to do with or knowledge of safety protocols or budget. As we continue to cooperate with all investigations, we are limited in what we can say. However, safety is always the number one priority in our films. And it is truly awful to see someone using this tragedy for personal gain what would he gain out of this for one well i, I think like he name- filed a civil suit so he that's kind of their response in that oh. um so he has i believe lane looper i believe has filed a civil suit and there's a lot of people have filed a civil suit now um but yeah and honestly and wh- if-, if they're saying like
3: he knows nothing about safety then mm-hmm. how is anyone supposed to know anything about then who knows anything about safety they have like a exactly. safety pl- police like i mean mm-hmm. everyone for it to be a safe environment,
2: would have to know about what's safe and what's unsafe. Yeah. And that accidental discharge is not the what he talks about in there. It's not untrue. Everyone I looked at that has been talked to by police did say that there was an accidental discharge of firearms. And it was actually Alex stunt person that had that accidental discharge of firearms in the week prior to this right. happening. And it was the same issue that had happened. They had said it's a cold gun. And then it went off. So, it like, there were issues that were a lot of red flags going on here that could have prevented this. Um, And I found the LA Times article that said two crew members witnessed Alex Stuntdobble doing this, firing two rounds the Saturday before the event when the gun was cold. And, like, it's just eerie. Like, the whole thing is eerie. Now... According to witnesses, Helena had been advocating for safer conditions safer conditions on the set for her team and was very tearful when the crew walked off and one crew member said she said I feel like I'm losing my best friends.
3: Mm, yeah cuz they, they lo- cuz a lot of people walked off, right?
2: Mhm. Yeah, yeah. The, I think there was only one one or two camera people that stayed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. So on October 21st, 2021, it was day 12 of their 21-day shoot. So they're like almost halfway through this, bad, over halfway through Mm -hmm. this bad boy. Mm -hmm. CarMax is putting
0: peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle
1: Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.
2: Um, so Alec had only been on set since Monday the 11th. What like a day? Ha- um, no. How long? Mm, yeah, a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, No, 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 no. No, no, no. October 12th. Well, sorry. Okay,
3: yeah. 12 days in. <laughs> we're just, we're silly. <laughs> Matt, no, I it's heard that and morning. Um, well, like, days in, but he's been there since the 11th, but it's uh, now the 21st. So he's been there 10 days. Yeah. So
2: what happened that math. day, right? It's <laughs> just too much math this morning. Just like add it up. <laughs> what happened that day of pieced together from interviews with Alec, along with other set members, I'll we'll be discussing throughout this, along with the court documents from the Santa Fe Sheriff's website. And I do want to say it's really weird. They scrubbed their website after releasing. Why did they do that? It was weird that they, they released so it. much. So they released, they released it released, back. Yeah. They released so much information concerning this. And then Matt Hutchins rightfully had issue with it. And he was like, what the hell? Like he, they even released p- police body cam footage of Helena being like wheeled from the set. I know. So Matt was like, what are you guys even doing? And they scrubbed it at some point. And I don't even know when they scrubbed it, but it's been taken off the Santa Fe website.
3: But I'm sure it's still on the internet somewhere.
2: Oh, uh, yeah, well, yeah.
3: <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 But from their source of truth, right? That's crazy that they yeah. had it released.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I can't think of any other time we've talked about something where it's like been out and then been redacted and pulled or like, back by redacted.
2: the I don't, but like, you know, it really does impede their investigation, I think. And then another thing that they did that impeded their investigation, I just want to say that I think is wild to me is, you know, how after an event happens, the police separate the people around, not just so that they can't get their story straight. But the thing is, when people start talking and exchanging their story of what happened, you start to get confused about what happened in your narrative of that day.
3: Oh, yeah. That's why you they know? separate you. Yeah, they, they mm-hmm. want to hear
2: your narrative before it's biased um with by others a hundred percent and so the issue with this is they didn't really do this in this investigation i think it uh definitely is an issue So the scene that they were going to film when Helena was shot was a shootout inside of that wooden church we've seen so famously yeah. photographed all over. So two guys have Alec cornered, and he's injured. So it's like he's like in his like last moments, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so the scene that they were rehearsing, because they weren't even filming it. They were just rehearsing. It was a marking rehearsal that was happening. Yeah. So basically, Helena was telling him where he needed to be for the camera to catch what they wanted to catch. Right. And so... He's supposed to pull his gun, hold it out, and then cock it. That was all. Doesn't have no need to pull a trigger. The shots were not supposed to be fired, okay? And this was happening right after lunch. And this is something that's so important because Alec will remain adamant and still remains adamant that he did not pull that trigger. But according to the FBI investigation, that gun could not have been fired without pulling a trigger. So there's something going on here, and we're going to touch on this a little bit later, Ooh. The gun he was using was a Pieta Long Colt, Colt 45 revolver, a real gun. But when it was handed to him by David Hall, who was the assistant director, who is only supposed to keep the film on, uh, that's his responsibility's schedule, nothing else. That's his responsibility. So he should not have even had this gun in his hands. Shouldn't I don't have touched I, it at all. No. Nope. No. So he's the one, not the armorer. The film's armorer was 24 year old Hannah Gutierrez Reed. She was on she's the one that's supposed to be handling this and the only other person that was supposed to have access to this was sarah zachary who was also a young woman and she, she seems way more professional than hannah just to be honest after watching both girls interviews um but i just i was blown away by hannah um but she well was hannah's like be, you said
3: 24 and i think this mm-hmm. is her second her um second job film that she worked like, on yeah with
2: film as an armor, in the armor. Mm-hmm. and the armor is supposed to make sure that. They're taking care of the weapons. They're um, what is it called? Fixing the weapons. They are responsible for weapon safety on the set. Mm-hmm. And Hannah actually hails from a very famous and well-respected armor. So it is from this industry. So it is interesting. Yeah. yeah, her father. So it's interesting that this happened with her. But I found, and I don't know what you found when looking at her interviews. Seemed very uncaring. Seemed very. I don't she know. Seemed like she to me, she seemed like obviously very
3: upset about the situation. Clearly. Mm-hmm. But she seemed like she just knew in her words that her her career is fucked. She's like, yeah, "Mm," like her job is safety and someone gets hurt or then killed, obviously. And now not going to work in this industry, like second job out the gate. We're done. See, to me, she
2: doesn't seem upset about Helena being hurt because at she that point, obviously, her career. she's upset about her career. She's upset yeah. about her and what's going to happen to her. And I'll never work in this industry again. And that that is so telling to me. Um, but before we dive into that, David Halls hands the gun to Alec and he yells, cold gun. Um, in an interview with ABC, Alec said 99% of the time, Hannah handed him the gun. But if Hannah was away from the set, David Halls would hand him the gun. Now, according to Alec... Helena was showing him where to point the gun, which was mm-hmm. at her, which also has people that are gun, gun 101 safety is supposed to be, you treat that gun as if it's loaded. However, we're on a movie set. So this, yeah. is, this is where I get confused because live rounds shouldn't have even been in the question.
3: If things were up to s- safety protocol, there would be no live rounds. They're on a movie set. It's supposed to be a cold gun. And anyone that's watched a movie knows that there's guns that are pointed at the camera. Mm-hmm. That's how they get that shot.
2: That's so it's so weird to me. And we know that prop guns are pointed at people as well, like, you know, and, and shot at as well. So it's interesting to me that people have come down on Alec for this and also come down on Alec that he did not double check the gun. And that's what George Clooney's comments were, because supposedly he should have double checked the gun. But like Alec said in his interview with police, he only knew as much about guns as an actor is required to know. And of course, that depends on the set that he's on. Depends on the gun too. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. I
3: I have shot a gun. Obviously, we're in the states and in the like Wild West in the center. Mm-hmm. Um. So yes, I've shot a gun. I could tell you nothing about protocol for any like any weapon. Movie? Period. So well, like and like, how is and if you have someone who's employed as an armorer that's supposed to be training everyone on the safe, like making sure that it's a safe situation. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they expect of actors or actresses to know about a weapon I don't know
2: yeah well I'm confused too fair. because I was uh, it's been over a decade since I was six Sawyer trained um so I was like trained on how to use a weapon and I really don't know if I would know on a movie set to check the weapon like that's what's so weird to me make sure that there's nothing in the in the barrel anyways um also it's not just checking the weapon just to clarify too because on Mm -hmm.
3: the set it's live rounds dummy rounds um blanks like just because there's something in the weapon wouldn't necessarily mean it's what's supposed to be in there
2: yeah i mean that that was the problem with gun. like it should have been it should have been a cold gun Mm -hmm. and there shouldn't have been any live rounds on that but it's so crazy so um he says that alec had said that Sometimes they'll go out to the range when on set and work with the actual weapons, but that's basically all he knows. So Alex shifts the blame in that interview. And he said that it was the armorer's job to check that gun and it was not his place. And he would placed his trust in Hannah. So also she, when they shoot on a range, I know this, um, mm-hmm.
3: when they shoot on a range, it's so that they can practice acting. It's so yeah. they can practice acting like what it's like to shoot these different weapons Guns in real life. Yeah, so yeah. that they, mm-hmm. so it looks
2: realistic in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so before lunch, Hannah loads five rounds into the gun. And then the sixth one she loads after. Now I thought this was interesting. Her attorney number one says that she has no idea where these rounds came from because you know what these friggin' fools did? They took the rounds and they just put them all on a tray. Like they were all out of boxes. Ah. Not a good time. And she has this organization system for her fanny packs, which is just wild for me. So she's got this fanny pack and she has all these like areas, pockets where she has the different rounds, her dummy, her dummy rounds. and you in the same pair, in the same fanny pack, her dummy rounds, her, um, her blank rounds, all of these in the same fanny pack. And she just, she knows the organization for them. So her attorney and her have clung to the belief that the set was sabotage because they were already running through financial problems. Obviously the camera people walked off the day before. So this is what they're clinging to and saying that she had no idea where the rounds came from and they were probably mixed up on purpose. The only thing is, is how, how was that person to know that those were the rounds that she was going to put in? But then here's the interesting thing. That gun Hannah went to load that sixth round. The reason it wasn't loaded until after lunch was the gun was dirty and wouldn't allow her to load the sixth round. That's a big red flag to me. I've never handled a
3: gun. That's so dirty that you can't load around. That you means something else it. is in there well, or something else is
2: wrong. It's so weird. So she waits until after lunch. She cleans out the that area and then is able to fit that sixth round in. But then what's weird is she. the police ask her when they do the interview. They say, why do you think it was like you couldn't load that sixth round? Like, wasn't that weird to you? And she said, well, no, because the gun's been dropped a lot. This
3: like means, huge red flags. Oh, my
2: gosh. This is just so cringy because re- that's major red flags. Like when you think of how Brandon Lee died. And that there was something wedged, you know what I mean, in that barrel, and then it, it shot out when he when it was fired. It shot out at the full force that a bullet would actively shoot out. It wasn't; a, it was a blank round, so it shouldn't have killed him. But because it had been stuck in there, it came out with that same impact, and that's what it came him. out like a bullet because there was out like large bullet.
3: and powder, and then the projectile was stuck in in mm. in the gun. still. So. so why are we not treating safety like? like it's just it's wild to me i can't believe that those rounds are not one i know there's no not supposed to be live rounds but i can't believe those rounds are not like locked up like if you're responsible for something think about like people that are responsible for records they're like Mm Even like in an office, you're like, no one is allowed to touch our HR records. So only one person has access to these. But you have locked got ammunition. Yeah. But because, the ammunition's mm-hmm. just in a fanny pack floating around. Like yeah, and not just a fanny pack. There's me. like
2: this cart she's like talking about where they just oh, got yeah. this out. And also in the actors' belts, they're putting these rounds in as well. And then it's like she does she can't keep track of this. She they lock the guns up. They think about that enough. So the guns are locked up, but they don't have the ammunition locked up at all. It's weird. Um,
3: Yeah. Guns are dangerous when there's ammunition and ammunition is dangerous when there's guns. Like Mm -hmm. it should be both. Why would you not be? Yeah. And a numbering system too, like a Mm -hmm. checkout system, a process for like keeping track of what rounds are with what people like or where. Yeah. That's wild. It is negligent.
2: So Alex says that he pulls the gun like he's supposed to for that scene, right? So he pulls it out of his holster, and he does what he's supposed to do the first time without incident. Cocks it, all of that, right? Then the second time he does it, he says he cocks it, and then the gun just goes off. Okay? So that's his statement, and he sticks with that statement. He says that Helena falls falls backwards. He thought she'd passed out. She's silent. But it wasn't until Joel starts screaming that he's like, something is wrong here. So obviously the set erupts into mayhem. And the following next couple hours, Alec is just trying to make sense of the event. You can even see at the beginning of his interview with police that it's finally hit him that, oh, my God, this might have been a live round. And you can see his anger and understanding this. Like You can watch it unfold in his interview. The whole thing is online. And he continually... At the beginning, keeps trying. You can see, you can tell it's immediately after the event, and you can tell he's processing it because he continually keeps repeating, "It's impossible that it was something wedged in the gun." Because that's originally what he thought. He thought it was like a Brandon Lee situation mm-hmm. that that was what had happened. But he's like, "No, it went through two people," and you can see that emotional
4: now. You know, but in my time, and I'm older now, but when I was younger and I was shooting guns and stuff, I've never seen. A theatrical flash round where the material went through someone's armpit came out their body and hit somebody else in the shoulder. Yeah. I'm wondering if your department is prepared to go find out what comes out of his shoulder surgically. Is that a live round? That's
5: what we are actually looking is at. Is that
4: a live Because I don't it doesn't make any sense otherwise. It, yeah, it hits her it, in the armpit, comes out her shoulder, goes into his shoulder and he just told me on the phone. I talked to Joel. He said they showed me the x-ray and the shape of the thing in my shoulder is the shape of a bullet. Now All the rounds I was told you need to verify. that this is an important. They take the gun, they enter the, and all the rounds that are in there were either dummy rounds, no flash, cold rounds, or rounds with a flash. In the rehearsal, there should have been nothing. It should have been a cold gun with no rounds inside or dummy rounds, cosmetic rounds, no flash. I take the gun out slowly. I turn, I cock the pistol. Bang! It goes off. She hits the ground. She goes down. He goes down, screaming. He's like Jesus Christ, and I'm going. And I thought that maybe sometimes the wadding can come out if you're closer to get a burn. Two mm-hmm. actors who killed themselves with guns, with theatrical guns. John Eric Hexon. Yeah,
3: he's totally trying to solve it for them to be like mm-hmm. nothing else makes sense except for it's a live round. It's like mm-hmm. I just talked to David, and he just got off. I just got off the phone with David, and they're oh, saying oh. what's in my X-ray. Joel, button. it's Joel Sousa. I just got Joel, off the, the drone with Joel. Yeah. <laughs> and what he's, what's in my shoulder looks like a bullet. And he's like, mm. how could that be? There, it's not, it's supposed to be dummy rounds and blanks. So basically, like flash or no flash. Nothing yes. is supposed to ever come out of the gun. And then he goes on to say, like, but we know it could be dangerous. Like, if there's wadding or something else, that's another part of like a cartridge of a bullet um, that could mm. come out if you were really close, could still be damaging. Like, I mean, you mm. could get you could get seriously injured with a BB gun. Like, it's Oh yeah. Not just oh, yeah. about the bullet or no
2: bullet. Like yeah, still like it's a lot of force. force. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's puzzled. He's so puzzled, he's puzzled. And then he also says at one point, like they ask him, is this, could this have been intentional? What they're trying to, I can tell what they're trying to figure out is, you know, it was this like a murder? Like, can we figure that that out? And he says, "Well, if it was the round, like a live round, she'd be dead," which is just heartbreaking. We'll get into that because he, at this point in time, does not know that she has died. The police know that she has died, but he does not, which is the really dirty thing about this interview. But we'll touch on that in a second. But he says the important question for Hannah would be, "Have you ever commingled live rounds with theatrical ones, which is illegal?" Like he is trying to piece this together for them, and that you can tell this is all stuff he's now asking himself, and he's he's. Just like brain dumping
3: on them because yeah, it's it's incredible to me that someone like Alec Baldwin doesn't have a lawyer present with him. So this is wild. Shooting, like whether it was a murder or and she died or didn't die, it would still be like
2: charges for him if he like had responsibility. So this is what's wild about his police interview is he comes in, and this was horrifying to me to watch. He comes in, he's obviously distraught, you know, from what just happened. Like, mind you, he is not the initial victim in this, obviously, but I would say he is a victim of the entire circumstance. He is extremely upset. This was an accident. And they sit there at about the four minute mark and go over his rights. And I'm going to make you watch this. And they say, you know, you have the right to remain silent, blah, 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 blah. And he says, so my only question is, am I being charged with something? And they say, oh, no, Mr. Baldwin. This is just a formality and everything. He then goes on to have an over hour long conversation with the police, an interview with police without a lawyer present, which don't ever do this. I don't care if you're innocent. I do not care. Have your lawyer present. Someone was like wild to me. He is not aware that Helena has died. He is not. And he would not be told until the hour 11 minute mark. And the only they thing know. I
3: can say to counteract that is one: you don't have to be charged with something. It's an interview. They're trying to it's get the information. They can charge you after. <laughs> after they exactly. have the information, mm-hmm. um, so yes, talking to police without an attorney presence, never advised by an attorney. Never a good thing. Um, but also, kudos to the police to gather information because that's the only way they're going to get the information. Like I Hannah guess, didn't have but- to talk to them at all. If they would have both lawyered up then no one would ever be responsible ever. Like, we know so much more because they both decided to speak with police. They should have have done it with an attorney present. Oh,
2: yeah. Have you seen the clip of him being told that she's dead? Yes. Yes. It's It's so dirty. But the way they did it, they go, they have finished their questioning supposedly. And they're like, even he's talking about, he says to them like, Hey, I want to go home to New York. I'm not supposed to go home until this day. He's trying to make sure they know he's not fleeing is basically what he's trying to do. He's trying to make sure there's an open line of communication. So he's like, you can reach me. Is it okay for me to go home to my wife? Because she wants me home is that fine and they oh mr baldwin ha 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 like you know you better do what your wife says for you to do right and then and then the other officer looks at the other officer and is like are we ready to and they're like not and then they're like she's passed and he literally goes (gasps) backwards like he
3: is like
0: yeah it's
2: so gross so joel's still at the
5: hospital but the other person involved didn't make it I just didn't want you to hear it outside of here. Is there something we could do for you? Um, the Comfortable driving, though. I want to go back. Course. We could
4: even
2: give no, a I I just like don't talk to the police without an attorney present because my like he had no idea she had died. He had no idea. So yeah.
3: Anyways. <laughs> it's very sad because clearly that's not the way I mean in a non-criminal investigation, that's not how you'd want to hear about anybody that you care about passing. So Mm -hmm. from like a human perspective, I understand why that's horrible to just drop a bomb on him like that. Yeah, Uh, And so upsetting. And then also, I don't know when there would be a good time for them to tell him because that's why they wanted to get the information. So-
2: and just, me I'm like not on the cop side at all I'm like fuck no. them that was so dirty because they were trying to get they were trying to catch them they were trying to catch someone in this and um That's I just, your job I to find out who's
3: responsible <sighs> I it, mean, I was it, like uh, mm-hmm. I know
2: I don't like it I don't mm-hmm. like it I don't like it either it's dirty oh god but anyways so Sarah Zachary was a prop master on this this is who Hannah says is the only other person other than her the armorer that has access to the guns um she talked about that misfire and her police interview, which I thought was interesting. Um, she did have a lawyer with her, surprisingly, because Hannah and Alec did not lawyer up for either of their first initial interviews, which was shocking. They both to talk me. about
3: the um the films company has an attorney. I mean, it's a business, but basically, this is it. Like, yeah. So there she Hannah even makes mention of like um i know they're like do you want to do you want an attorney she's like well how would i get one They're like well we can give you a public defender she's like when she doesn't want to wait around for one kind of she's like "Eh." she's like well i just know i'm probably supposed to have a lawyer and they're like what are you talking about they're like well the films company she's like yeah like one of their lawyers like Mm -hmm. i'm sure they're all supposed to have lawyers
2: yes sarah so sarah seems extremely professional which was shocking to me because her I, I would say Hannah is just not very professional at all. Um, but she gets a lawyer. The lawyer's trash. He asks her questions about the in- the incident in front of the police, which I just thought was like, I was like, oh my god. Um, it was very interesting. She also makes mention of that popper that also exploded without anyone near it. That S- SFX. Oh, the explosion. SFX. Mm-hmm. But no incident report was filed for either Alec, the stunt double, like that popping off or the poppers popping off so the misfire not no incident report and the popper going off no incident report i just thought that was so interesting it speaks volumes about the set i think it just means yeah that everything's loosey-goosey and yeah they're like eh, just keep Mm -hmm. it rolling yep yeah. And then what I also found interesting, she discusses the, the day of the incident. Obviously, this is the same. I think it's the same day, but I'm not sure for her interview, actually. Um, but she discusses the incident. Right. And she says she grabs the guns that she had loaded herself because she loaded a couple other guns, not Alex. Uh, Hannah had loaded Alex's gun, but she grabbed a couple of the other guns and she threw the loads away in a panic, like the loaded um.
3: Ah, she just grabs him and throws like all evidence, anything like she should have like
2: just not touched anything, walked away. Mm-hmm. And she tells police officers, I couldn't tell you why I did that. I can tell you why. She wanted to protect herself. Yeah. Yeah. That's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So Hannah is the one that loaded Alex gun day of the shooting. But Sarah was by the cart. Um, like with the ammunition, you know, that we talked about that they they were just dumping ammunition outside of the church. Okay. So they're both out outside the church when the shots rang out, why the armorer wasn't on the set when there were supposed to be guns being pulled and everything else. But Hannah would later say in her third interview, because she's had several interviews in her third interview, God, I think it's telling God, I think it's telling. I just watched it this last night and this morning. She is so lackadaisical when it comes to this event. She honestly does not believe it's her fault. And when they say like, why weren't you on the set at this point? She's like, I wasn't called to set. Well, how yeah. do you, how do you not know that the guns are out? Cause she had handed the gun to Dave halls. Dave halls testified that Hannah said, cold gun, handed it to him. He trusted her. He hands it to Alec cold gun. How does she Is, not know that that's happening?
3: Yeah. No. Is she like walk to lunch? Like she's like, here, have a cold gun and like walks to lunch. Um, so she was on set. Clearly, she was on set, they, but she wasn't. She's not the, in the. She's yeah.
2: not in the church with Alec when he's pulling that weapon out of his holster. I just think that's so interesting. Mind you, it's just a rehearsal. But she said it was because no one let her know that that was going on. But that's interesting to me because she handed the gun to Dave after lunch, after she loaded the sixth round. So I think that's just a lie. So well, she I,
3: knew I, that they were going to do something with the gun if she's handing it to like staff, uh,
2: staff or whatever um, crew. So Sarah says she's by the cart outside the church shots ring out. She runs in. She sees Joel Sousa on the ground. The director didn't even know Helena was hit. Okay. Jensen, one of the other guys tells her to grab all the guns and secure them. So she does that, right? She calls Seth who, who is their ammunition supplier and she tells him what happened when the gunshot went off. She said she saw Hannah turn around and say, this wasn't supposed to happen. My whole career is ruined. I have a theory about all of this, but anyway, this is my personal theory. So the next time she saw Hannah, she was checking the gun with Dave Hall. So they're checking the gun that was shot off Alex gun, right? She, Sarah goes over to Hannah and the production designer that's with Hannah as well. And Hannah says, I swear I checked the rounds. Now she shows Sarah says that, um, no, Hannah says that Hannah to Sarah. That. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Hannah shows Sarah all six rounds, which I think would be impossible because one of those rounds is still in Joel's arm until he gets to the hospital and they take it out. Right. Yeah. Um, But Sarah notices that one of the rounds didn't have the lid wadding on it on the top that the others did. So she says she has a suspicion of what happened or not what happened. Just like to see if there was any other live rounds from that box that she pulled. Anyways, she goes over to the, the the tray that they've got all this on, that cart, right? And she finds a few more live rounds. Well, so oh near the God. end of... It's a mess. And near the end of Sarah's interview, they ask her what her theory is on what happened. And she says that somebody doesn't know how to check for live rounds. 100%. And somebody had live rounds on that set. Fuck that. Like... Because they're not even supposed to be there. But then also they're supposed to be protocol to check for
3: live rounds.
2: This is it. So Hannah's interview with police... <laughs> Hannah, she talks about how that this is only her second um, role as an armorer on a movie set, right? The first time she was an armorer was on the Nicolas Cage movie, The Old Way. Um, She said that she didn't really feel ready at the time to take the role of lead armorer, but, quote, I was really nervous about it at first, and I almost didn't take the job because I wasn't sure if I was ready. But doing it, like, it went really smoothly. So... The day that Helena was shot, Hannah can be seen immediately following the incident on police body cams and these release clips. So I'll post those on my Instagram. Cause we aren't going to be able to post them here. I think they're TMZ, which we can't post. They belong to them. Um, but it's, um, telling I would say, especially to how she ran things. I don't know. She
3: says many times, unfortunately, like it just like, that's why I also feel like I've watched her interview and in that clip The vibe is that she's sad her career is over. She's like, it's unfortunate, you know, about the incident, but it's sad. My career is over. My career is over. My career is over. Because she says a couple of times, like, can you put me in like another place? Can you move me to a different car? She just doesn't. And I don't want to be seen by Mm -hmm. my coworkers. I don't. And she's just like going through her
2: like self-pity humiliation. Yeah. Yeah. She's more concerned about her coworkers seeing her and their judgment on her than she's concerned about Helena and if. Her condition is okay. And it's, it's extremely telling to me, to to me, here's my theory on this. I think that, um, Hannah knew that she'd brought live rounds on the set. A hundred percent. I believe that, especially about the text messages we're going to look into. And I think when the gun went off, she realized, Oh my God, I fucked up. You know, like I mixed those rounds up and now she's just covering her ass. So, We'll talk about why I think that because there's some... I don't know about this. I'm excited to hear there's about this. There's some but... text messages between her and Seth and everything. And I think... I don't think she brought live rounds on the set. In Like, I don't think in any... I think this was an Intentionally. accident. Yeah, yeah, I don't think this was intentional at all. But I think she she brought live rounds on the set. She knew she brought live rounds on the set. And when the gun went off, she thought, holy shit. I can't believe did this. Yep, it yeah, it happened. Yeah. So I she... I get also
3: not that... Not to say, like, you would be personally embarrassed know your career's over like all of those are valid things it's just they would not Mm. take they would not trump or take precedence over your immediate concern for those injured no you yeah like of course you're gonna be like in your mind like my career's over and i am like mourning that and but more outwardly and importantly you'd be like holy shit did someone die like what happened are they okay and yeah that's why it rubs me the wrong way because you don't hear much of that
2: no and i feel like you can tell at least i don't think sarah's interview is right after but with with alec he doesn't out outright ask if helena's okay but you can tell he's working out like because i think he thinks she's fine but he's working out he's like what the fuck happened meanwhile like Joel at
3: the hospital
2: also yeah, yeah 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 shot concerned. through like the
3: armpit so he's like mm-hmm. oh like it doesn't i think for me it doesn't look like it registers to him that like oh she could die from mm-hmm. that injury because Joel didn't die. She got shot through the armpit, and it went into Mm -hmm. him. Like, and he didn't die. So, like, it just Mm -hmm. seems like it didn't register that that would be a possibility for him. Yeah.
2: So, their way of telling the, and then that's the thing too. I don't think Hannah honestly knew how to tell the difference between the guns. Um, Here's a picture, um,
5: and I just want to see if this is something that would have come out of one of these. Totally. It wouldn't be a a real, real live. Gun, uh, ammo. Um, so that that looks like a blank one, which I'm pretty sure because normally the blank ones, like they have kind of this little line right there, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure the regular ones don't. Okay. So that looks like that would be in the blanks all the time. That was what was pulled out of the shoulder. Oh my God, poor Helena. So that's why they were thinking it could be an actual live round at this point really yeah does that look like it would have been a live round you? Um, honestly if we had my extractor we could pull this out and check it but um i don't know it actually it cool about that. yeah i don't know because look at that line that's kind of a distinct thing that's i think that's mostly for dummies okay uh, right. hold on right it and it, that might be a regular live round though it looks pretty that's what they were thinking it could be a live round
1: uh, holy fuck no I, I just okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
0: I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the
3: survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. I think I watched all you wanted me to watch, but also you can't (laughs) stop watching because it's just so insane. Um, Where they're like, does anything else stick out to you? She's like, yeah, the whole camera crew quit yesterday. (laughs) (laughs)
2: yeah noteworthy she's like you know why she's like no well you Mm -hmm. know what's so interesting about you know what's so interesting about that entire thing is now her and her lawyer have locked onto that theory that she was sabotaged and somebody put a live round in there that she doesn't know somebody intermingled it it wasn't her she didn't do it not from that ammunition explanation for why she can't tell a live round from a dummy then well this is fucking it they're like
3: "Mm, do you know what this is and they show her Mm -hmm. a picture just in case we can't like share this clip with you or you don't go to watch it so i think like did you Mm -hmm. you know what this is she's like "Mm, i think that's like a a dummy round or blank? I don't remember what she says. She's like, and they're like, mm, this came out of the shoulder of Joel. They're like, we think it's a live round. She's like, uh, oh, well maybe this marking. I mean, this marking looks like it could be from a dummy. And we like, they're like, no, it's the live round. We pulled out of him.
2: Yeah. Like it, that is so, shelt shocking to me that she can't tell the difference between a live round and a fake round and she said the way they would do it and i don't know if this is normal in sets but they would shake it near their ears and see if it moved to tell if it was a live round or a dummy or like a um a flashbang. but how would they not know that it wasn't like a dummy or a blank either and then the other question is is after okay so she said she didn't really check the gun after lunch because it had been, quote unquote, locked up, even though it had that ammunition in it. She cleans it out. She puts that additional shot in because she said it was dropped a lot. So she couldn't fit that other shot in. She didn't think it was weird because that gun had been dropped a lot. Obviously, the gun's damaged. Right. Yeah. Um, Used on other films, too. Right. It's mm-hmm. not, this is not mm-hmm. the first one that's been used on. So. I, I don't know that for sure, um, but I just find it interesting that she has no concept between the two different rounds, and she just hands it off to David, who hands it to Alec, cold gun. But the thing that's interesting to me is afterwards, she says she gets the gun, right? She opens it up to check, check what happened, and she said she noticed that one of the dummy rounds had been discharged. A dummy round shouldn't have had any gunpowder visible to it. If you shoot off a gun and you shot a gun, you get gunpowder. You can see it just on your hand inside the gun. That's why you clean guns. It's obvious that a gun like a bullet has gone off, not just a dummy round. So it's very interesting to me that she can't even tell from that that this was a live round or at least a blank that went off and not just a dummy round.
3: Yeah, because what we're what we're differentiating is powder or no powder, powder from a no dummy powder. round mm-hmm. to a blank
2: to a live round, and a dummy round shouldn't have had a, had powder shouldn't at all because there was nothing charge. inside it. Right? Yeah. So I watched her third interview between last night and today, and I have to tell you, it's infuriating. It's fucking Mm. infuriating. Her and her lawyer—they're committed to this crazy story that this was sabotage. um, That now she's in a civil suit now with one of the ammunition suppliers, which we'll touch on in a second, um, because of sabotage. She says she'd never put live bullets on the scene. We'll talk about why that's just simply not true. But she's throwing everyone under the bus in this interview, everyone and their dog. So she says that Sarah, who's obviously way more professional than she is just by looking at the interviews, she says Sarah's too busy flirting with Jensen to pay attention to anything. Mm-hmm. It's wild the disregard this you woman just, has. Yeah. Um, she said no one re- like alerted her, as I said earlier, to that they were rehearsing or filming with that gun. So that's why she wasn't upset on set. She wasn't alerted, even though she handed David Halls that that gun after lunch. So I don't know any after after loading it. Um, She goes on to describe that her fanny pack is her organization system of bullets, where she says sometimes she'd have to set it up for Sarah. But she didn't really like doing that for Sarah because, and I quote, Sarah doesn't understand the importance of pockets.
3: Pockets? Isn't that your whole system? Why are you using? Yeah. Okay. If you think everyone's so stupid, basically, then
2: 100%. why are
3: you handing anyone anything? I would be like, I can't work on this because if something happens, I'm working with idiots. Like yeah. if you think everyone's that stupid. So, and also, I don't know, like, I don't know what protocol is, but like, again, yeah, if you thought everyone was that stupid and you're still committed to the project, like, then why are you handing people anything? I'm yeah. be giving my fanny pack to anybody.
2: I'd say I'm an emotional person. I wouldn't say I'm a violent person, but I tell you, I wanted to come through the screen and slap some sense into her while watching her interview. Like I could not, I was like, Sarah doesn't know anything. Sarah seemed more knowledgeable than you. And somebody commented on the YouTube link um, to Alex's interview. And they said, how come Alec Baldwin can describe the difference between dummy and um, blank rounds? better than the armor of the set can. And he obviously has no idea on how to work. Training.
3: Yeah. No yeah. training on it. Formal training. Right.
2: Like, Oh, cheese and crackers. And I tell you too, she also threw Alec under the bus. She said that nobody wanted training, that he was this big wig actor and she had to fight for it. And then one of the crew, she said like, well, he's going to blow up about it. And then the next day he blew up and I could tell she was just feeding on that. You know how like Alec ever since the Ireland thing, they've been like, oh, he's a hot tempered guy. And like, and I was like, you just oh, just take some kind of responsibility. Like it's wild. Um, and if you can pair her two statements, it's wild to me. I won't make you do it this video, but if you guys want about the 25 minute mark of her first interview is where she starts talking about the day of, and it's wild. There's no real difference in her statement. Like she's still saying the same things, but it's the arrogance that she's giving in the third interview of like, this isn't my problem. Um, and she even says like, at first I thought it was a popper that might have blown someone's arm off like cuz that other popper went off but you're you're the one that's responsible for the weapons dear so yeah. I And
3: like I mean how would there even be confusion you shouldn't be confused about anything that's in loaded shouldn't it
2: be confused there shouldn't be confusion shouldn't be no so There is an investigation happening in this so far. No criminal charges have been filed. They say still it's too soon to know if they will be honestly with Alec Baldwin, not getting that lawyer that day. I swear to God, if he had been anyone but Alec Baldwin, he would have been been charged. He would have been charged and we wouldn't even heard about it. I swear to God that happens to so many people. You start talking to the police after, after shooting some accidental, you know, but like I don't anyways. So Event is still under investigation. So far, investigations have, investigators have recovered hundreds of rounds of ammunition. Appears to be a mixture of blanks, dummies, and what appears to be live rounds. Oh, my God. it could happen at any point, at any time,
3: in like a shootout or something,
2: like any time. It's horrifying. So- Alec has maintained he did not pull that trigger. A quote from his NBC um, interview. The trigger wasn't pulled. I didn't pull the trigger. No, 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 no. I would never point a gun at someone and pull the trigger at them. Never. But Lane Looper, that camera assistant we talked about earlier, he had a response to this. He said guns don't just go off. The single action Colt 45 revolver handed to Alec Baldwin required multiple active steps to discharge it and kill Helena. The gun had to be loaded with live ammunition held and pointed. The hammer of the weapon manually cocked and the trigger pulled. It was not a magic self-firing weapon. Now, mind you, (laughs) that's by a camera assistant. So I'm not disregarding him like the producers did, but I am saying like he doesn't really, he's not an on-set prop. Yeah, and um, he wasn't there that day. Obviously, he walked off set. a report did was released from the FBI that said there was no way that that revolver fired without pulling the trigger. Now, Alex's lawyer responded to this and said the FBI report is being misconstrued. The gun fired and testing only one time without having to pull the trigger when the hammer was pulled back and the gun broke in two different places. The FBI was unable to fire the gun in any prior test, even when pulling the trigger because it was in such poor condition, which also corroborates what Hannah said about the gun being dropped. It was in very poor condition, which Which is also why I
3: think I had read that it was. Yeah. I mean, it's not a brand new gun that's like been dropped once and oh my God, it's like broken. I think if I remember, and if that's a reliable source, sorry, all sources it's, it was, used from other sets. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And as Hannah mentioned, it's been dropped. So Mm -hmm. if you assume that it's damaged to the point where the FBI can't test it anymore because they test it once and it's damaged, then I don't know, like maybe you have
2: to say it's inconclusive. That's it. So the assistant director, David Hall's attorney also weighed in on this. He said the entire time Baldwin has had his finger outside the trigger guard parallel to the barrel halls told me since day one that he thought it was a misfire until Alex said that it was really hard to believe but Dave told me since the very first day I met him that Alec did not pull that trigger now I want to say to this as someone my brother is a very avid um he loves guns so he knows like a lot about them so i called him about this i was like, yeah what questions hope you know hope yeah you asked him. so he says it's a single action revolver so and looking at it that's dave hall has also said it was a single action revolver so he says what this means is once the gun is cocked that triggers like glass so yeah it, cocked all like, the way yeah. it would be easy to accidentally pull that trigger because it's under two pounds of pressure that's needed to pull that trigger and have it go off. Question, Um, that's
3: like if you pull, and I don't know, so this is why I'm saying like clearly defining, I do not know. Um, That's like if you pull the um, hammer all the way back, it's locked, like you Mm -hmm. pull the hammer back and it's there Yes, then two pounds of pressure, it would be like glass. However, you can break you, I think okay, now we're just entering all kinds of territory. I think you can blow your ACL from like five pounds of pressure, which is actually like not much, but still enough. So Mm. like glass, but also requires pressure. Yeah. I think I read too that if the gun was damaged, that hammer and he said and if Alec is if that's reality where he really didn't touch the trigger at all Mm -hmm. and the gun fires, if the hammer didn't go all the way back to its like locked position. It's supposed to have a couple like safety other, I don't know, gun jargon Mm -hmm. safety precautions where the hammer wouldn't just slide back and like, and fire. Mm -hmm. But do you remember like in Westerns where you like, you see them like just using the hammer. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like essentially that's the theory of if Alec didn't use, didn't use the trigger, what happened? Mm -hmm. He pulled the hammer back and it slid forward and Mm -hmm. and bypass because it was damaged by safety. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And fired.
2: Mm-hmm. And there had- was a
3: live round in. So normally, yeah. even if that had happened, nothing would happen. It would f- discharge. But it was a live round. But it was mm-hmm. a live round.
2: Yeah, and many online have speculated that if when he cocked the gun, he might have also had his finger on the trigger accidentally and accidentally pulled it. So may oh, mayhaps like when theory. he did that, he didn't even notice because then, of course, it's mayhem after. I think the trauma, you know, that comes after, you might not even yeah. know that you pulled the trigger. Um. Personally, I think if he pulled the trigger or not, it's inconsequential. Why were there live rounds on the set? Right. Right. None of this should be an issue if there weren't live rounds. No. Um, And I also think, and this is my own personal opinion, but give me your takes in the comments below. I also think that Alec is just an actor. So I do think the responsibility does fall on the armor for training along with what is in that gun. because. How is a how is he supposed to know that if the armorer can't tell the difference between the blank shots and the, the real shots, how the fuck is he supposed to tell? Absolutely. There's no way. So Alec did state in his interview with ABC in December of 2021 that he was not shocked that Matthew Hutchins, Helena's husband, had filed a suit would or if he would file a suit with him. He said he'd be stunned if Matthew didn't file something. He's lost his wife. So Matthew did file that wrongful death suit in February of twenty, or in February 15th on February 15th. I can't talk. It's fine. But Alec did state how shocked he was that other members of set had filed civil lawsuits before Matthew even got his chance to put his into court. Lots of civil lawsuits in this. Um, The production's main medic claimed to have lost wages um, and has emotional trauma. She it's, Yeah, the script supervisor who originally called 911 filed as well, saying that the scene did not call for the gun to go off. The script did not call for it. Uh, Quote, Mr. Baldwin chose to play Russian roulette when he fired a gun without checking it, without having the armorer do so in his presence. We just went through this, though. But they also said he had no right to rely on some alleged statement by the assistant director. That's fair that it was a, a cold gun. Mr. Baldwin cannot hide behind the assistant director to attempt to excuse the fact that he did not check the gun himself. But how was he supposed to tell whether it was a live round or even if he had checked the gun? Right. I mean, there's
3: reality and then there's like legality. Like, yeah, that would be an extra in my mind, like legally, that would be an extra measure that he could have should have taken in order to prevent tragedy. But it would be like the safety net. It's not supposed to be like the actual measure. The armor is employed for a reason. That's
2: it. So Hannah has filed her own lawsuit in this. Against yeah. the ammunition supplier for the movie, which is mind-boggling to me, because she even said in one of her police interviews that she didn't know where they got their she didn't know where they got it from, and they got it from multiple sources. And she, because they empty the boxes and they mix the boxes up, she's not sure which which round came from which. So I don't know yeah, how her she's
3: fanny pack to- alone, even if she knew <laughs> where they came from, her fanny pack mixed it up
2: anyways. Like how would she know <laughs> was really fired? Cheese and crackers. Um. So quote. The lawsuit from Gutierrez. Blame the Reed. fanny pack. Sue, the fanny. Sorry, <laughs> fanny pack. You're like, your pockets do not keep stuff
3: organized. <laughs> Since we're suing everyone. That's how ridiculous it sounds to me should blame so- the manufacturer. Unless there was like some proof where that was the only box
2: that was on set. Clearly was from them. Like, yeah, Probably I don't know really how you would not. ever prove that. She's wild. So the lawsuit from Gutierrez-Reed places blame on the ammunition supplier, Seth Kenny, which is weird because Seth Kenny and her family were actually family friends before this. So that's kind of sad. Not anymore. And his company, PDQ Arm and Prop, for introducing live rounds to the set where only blanks and dummies were supposed to be present. The introductions of live rounds onto the set, which no one anticipated, combined with the rushed and chaotic atmosphere, created the perfect storm for a safety incident. Wait. Wait. This is interesting. Kenny has said previously that he's sure his company did not send live rounds, so that's it because it's illegal. But get this, get this, get this! I find this really interesting because of interview with police,
4: where yeah, he said, they interviewed
2: him right away too. They or interviewed I mean, him too. Oh wow! Yeah. yeah. Okay. He said, "I wish she would just come forward." This is before she would lodged this complaint, so it's not like it's 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 not like retaliation. No. Yeah. He says, "I wish she would just come forward." She thinks she's going to get away from with this yeah so kenny she's negligent yes kenny asked the investigators if she's come forward about shooting live rounds on a movie set what they she did it before get this they say that no one came forward with this information august 15th she's texting kenny he shows this to investigators you can see him in the interview he holds up the phone he's like i'm showing you so on august 15th she texts that she wants to shoot live ammo out of the guns from set while working on that nicholas cage movie the old way quote from seth she wanted to shoot live ammo out of the guns the tv movie guns i said no fucking way obviously and then she acknowledged down below right you you do see where she said i'm going to shoot them out of mine now the lawyer hannah's lawyer released uh, it, like on a movie set so how were live rounds introduced to this movie set i dare she shoot fucking it. say well hannah i mean
3: yeah it's a fair if we have to make any leaps of like probability yeah yeah so this is the yeah. l- smallest leap
2: Yeah, so her lawyers then said, Hannah, as armorer, is required to know the functionality of weapons and to have good working knowledge of their features, including their safety handling. In text, Hannah asked Seth if she could fire live rounds through a trap door, meaning historical weapon, a Springfield trap door. Hannah wanted to fire the historical weapon after working hours and off the production set. Seth stated that live rounds shouldn't be fired through prop guns, and Hannah listened. Obviously, she didn't. No. Obviously not. So... My brother, who's like a gun person, he says prop guns can blow up. So that's one major reason you should not be using live ammunition through them. But Except also
3: Alex gun was a working revolver. It wasn't yes. technically like a prop. Mm. Like
2: exactly. I'd also be scared you'd forget a live round in a gun.
3: Dude, I don't know I, why you would do it. Period. It would be too risky to do it because of that reason. You'd be like, We're going to ruin it like i mean even say it even works it's like alex real revolver say you don't forget it what if you ruined it it's been like it's clearly the fbi used and they ruined it like
2: what the hell yeah i think it was only a matter of time before she wasn't gonna work in this industry there are a lot of uncaring things happening um and i think she needs to be held criminally responsible but After looking at this case, (laughs) at the end of the day, I see a lot of people who not only don't want to be held responsible at all for their part in Helena's death, but also truly don't believe they had any responsibility. There's so much shifting blame in the comments from people about this. There's not enough concern for what really happened, the loss of the life of a mother and a friend and an amazing cinematographer, like, is more concerned about, it wasn't me. Like obviously
3: because yeah like we just talked about alec if he were to take any responsibility yeah Yeah. then he could be held liable Mm -hmm. and even if he feels like morally responsible because he was the last person holding the gun for example then even if he admits that
2: it's a legal ramifications i guess (laughs) This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, it's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online. And you will be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours.
3: And what I love about BetterHelp is that you can log into your account at any time and send a message to your therapist. And they respond with timely and thoughtful responses. And you can schedule your weekly video or phone sessions so you don't have to sit
2: at an actual therapist's office. You can do therapy wherever. I love it because they have such a broad range of things that they can talk about and are experts in. So... If you feel like something's overwhelming you, like I know right now with me, content seems to be overwhelming me forever. I'm always distracted by the office or scrolling on TikTok for forever and not really paying attention to what's going on within me. So I feel like that's been super helpful.
3: Yeah. And if it's not your match, they'll match you with someone else. So I know I had to try with one therapist and then I switched to another therapist that was a better fit for me.
2: It's also way more affordable than offline therapy and financial aid is available for those who may need it.
3: Join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health by visiting betterhelp.com
2: I-T-T. That's better betterhelp.com slash I-T-T. And BetterHelp has a special offer for ITT listeners. You'll get 10% off your first month if you go to betterhelp.com slash ITT. Again, that's betterhelp, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash ITT. I do want to say at the end of that police interviews when he finds out that helena um ha, is dead um he says i just want to call my wife like that's all he wants they they're asking him can we drive you anywhere can we and he's like no I, I just want to call my wife and those infamous photos of him where he's holding his mask and he's on the phone or where he's doubled over you know outside that's from outside the police station after he's found out that she's she's passed um and i just wish i had seen this equaled reaction across the board like I just don't feel like Hannah, from what I have seen, has expressed that about the loss. And, of course, we all express grief differently. But I don't think, like, her being like, I'll never work again (laughs) is much different than being like, oh, my God, is she okay? Like, there's a difference. I don't know. And it baffles me too. Like you were saying other companies and how they deal with things as an ex Disney employee. I didn't work on film sets, but I worked in the parks. The fact that we cared about if the doors shut on people, like that was, yeah. I worked in a theater and we had safety protocols for the doors. Don't get past the yellow line. Don't. So it's baffling to me. It's baffling to me. that so much was left. So I've got it in a fanny pack. I have them and you can't even tell the difference between the rounds. So I
3: liken it too. I worked for an airline. And Mm -hmm. you go through like so much safety training, so much safety training always because they're like, it doesn't matter if you're a gate agent or out like outside or like a pilot, like it doesn't matter. It's all if there's loss of life, it's everyone's responsibility You because you're all have a part. And so you have Mm -hmm. to like, yeah, so that's safety, safety, safety. And so that's what's nuts about this to me is like everyone probably does feel bad and in some sense responsible, but no one's stepping up to say like, like Hannah, um, no one's stepping up to say I was the last, I was like the point person that was responsible mm-hmm. for safety. It's on me. Like own your responsibility. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I, I firmly believe in this is my own personal beliefs, but I I think her negligence is the main reason we don't have Helena still with us. We don't have this movie completely under her roster of, of movies she's done. You know, like I, I just, I sat back at the end of the day because I knew there'd been a lot of political debate about this. I knew about gun safety and everything else, but at the end of the day, Alec Baldwin, is just an actor. Um, I don't think any actor, unless they're like Matthew. I don't I, like the, no actor should be responsible for the safety on the set. Hannah was the last line of defense between that gun and Helena. Like that's the, I don't know. I, I personally think that's the takeaway from it. Like, I don't know how, even if he checked that gun, how he was supposed to know if that was a live round or a blank in it. I, I don't know. Right. So Yeah. Yeah. And I had no idea until researching this that it was an it was a live round in that I thought it was like a Bruce Lee situation. Technical difficulties had happened, but no. Now that I've looked at it, I'm like, it was just sheer negligence. And I don't and think that's Canada why it's did, different for me. Like the other
4: one mm-hmm. was
3: negligence because they didn't clean the weapon and it shouldn't have had a projectile in the barrel. Like it that shouldn't have happened either. So there's negligence, mm-hmm. but like this is just outright. I feel like criminal negligence because she shouldn't yeah. have introduced live rounds. And that part is illegal to introduce live rounds to a set. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I'll be look. I, I, I hope there's criminal charges filed. I do think Alex should be responsible for the civil suits that he's been laid a hundred percent as he's also said. Yes. Like I, Firmly welcome. I knew this was going to happen. Um, but I I think there should be some criminal charges laid down. But you guys let us know what you think. Um, I will say I did find this interesting. This is just a little tidbit. Um, just a month after the shooting in November of 2021, a lamp operator on the set, and he was also a pipe rigger, Jason Miller, he was bitten by a brown recluse spider what I know and he suffered necrosis as well as sepsis from this was hospitalized and like underwent multiple successful surgeries thankfully um I know. So a lot of people have been thinking that this is a uh, one of these curse sets. You know, you heard about that Ooh, in Hollywood. So spooky yes. season's coming up. If you want us to go through some curse sets of Hollywood, I mean, the Exorcist film is rife with that. Crazy. Um, there's tons of you know curse sets, onsets, deaths that are just strange and, and beyond the understanding. So if you want us to touch on that, we can. Um, but this is currently still an ongoing investigation. We'll see what happens. Um, we do have a Patreon that we're releasing today. So with updates and everything. So if you want to know more about this, I think we'll leave our updates possibly to Patreon of, of our current cases and everything that we can, we can talk about on there. Um, there's so much extra. We can't pack into one hour. We only get one hour a week.
4: So hundred (laughs) percent.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I feel like yeah, I think that that would be a good place to put our additional, like, here's an update on this current case, or if there's anything about Taylor, we talked about Taylor Gruel a few a few weeks ago, or anything like that, we'll we'll make sure to pack it in there. Um, but yeah, at the end of this, I did want to link to Helena's uh, memorial fund. Um, so we'll have that linked below. And we'll, of course, have all the sources um, concerning the interviews that I watched um, linked below that we talked about. In case you can't watch it here, it'll be on my Instagram. All right, so we're at the end of this true crime. But until next time,
3: Cheers, cheers. Uhura Media Production.